Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast, the show about three brothers born in three generations with one shared obsession, music. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. And today, we begin March Madness with the play-in games. The Great American Band Bracket begins today with the four play-in games. Eight bands, four will move on to the actual competition. You can learn more about our Great American Band Bracket and the podcast at brotherpod.com. Rate and review us on iTunes or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Brother Pod. Now let's get the competition. back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast tonight. We are beginning the competition, the Great American Band Bracket, and tonight is the play-in game, everybody's least favorite evening of the entire tournament competition, uh, but to, not in this case. Uh, in this case, we have eight highly qualified bands vying uh, for four spots in the actual bracket, so this is our play-in game, and tonight our matchups are, are pretty fierce right off the get-go, right from the get-go. I'm it's sweating. Yeah, Titus Andronicus versus New York Dolls for the pleasure of playing the Beach Boys. Jane's Addiction versus Jefferson Airplane, the winner playing Leonard Skinnerd. The Killers versus Queens of the Stone Age, with the winner going on to play the Birds. Probably the one of the one of the weaker of the uh, number one seeds, and the Wrens versus the Hold Steady, with the winner taking on the venerable Velvet Underground. So, a true Leviathan in this tournament, I've got to say. I, I agree. I agree. But right from the get-go, we've got some fearsome competition. Uh, I'm here with my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. And I think we'll start off with uh, Titus Andronicus and the New York Dolls with the uh, chance to go on to play the Beach Boys. Um, two New York area bands, years and, and eons of style points apart. But what do you, what do you make of this matchup, Christian? Well, I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a really, you know, high caliber matchup. I've got to say, I was, I was sort of thinking that these guys might, uh, might have some easier competition going into this. Um, Titus Andronicus, you know, uh, probably doesn't quite have the edge on, uh, on, on New York Dolls when you think about the cultural impact and the long term influence. The New York Dolls, of course, being, you know, such a titan of the, of the 1970s, um, and you know, played with the Stooges, played at early, early CBGB shows, Max's Kansas City, um, and did so much in terms of uh, fashion and style. Um, Titus Andronicus, though, you know, they're one of the best live performers I've ever seen. So, uh, so you know, I, I think that in this particular case, I'm going to have to go with the New York Dolls to, to, to have the edge in this particular competition. But, but really, it's about their legacy, um, you know, not necessarily the, the enjoyment or even um, the quality of, uh, of the albums that they've made. Well, we'll wait a second to vote. But uh, so, Jerry, what's your breakdown? Yeah, I mean, well, <clears throat> Legacy, New York Dolls are obviously hugely impactful in the music world, and it's kind of funny because I look at Tyson Andronicus as a band that definitely wins the matchup in body of work. They have more albums. They have, they have, I, 
you know, really good albums and then they've kind of put out... Certainly albums, longer albums, I think. albums after another. But the funny thing is, is, is if you've probably talked to Tyson Gerardic, is New York Dolls are probably a huge influence for them. So um, moving the ball back in the court of New York Dolls and, and the fact that, that they had such a cultural impact on the music that, that Titus uh, plays today. Well, I would throw out a couple questions right off the bat, which is, one, you know, if you deferred to any of these bands to, uh, to say, are you better than the New York Dolls? Are you better than uh, the Velvet Underground? Are you better than Sonic Youth? All of them would say, no, of course not, of course not. It's a very demurring kind of a, a crowd. Um, that said, uh, New York Dolls will probably have the height advantage with the uh, elevator boots. Uh, that, might, that might help them in the, in, the, in the paint. <laughs> Um, versus the uh, versus the flat Chuck Taylors, which really barely give you any lift at all. They're playing a 1950s style game uh, in that respect. But I would say, you know, I would I, I would I would actually go back and ask this question, which you know I, I frequently ask now. Um, when you know when you go back to what what it is you enjoy listening to as opposed to what you're um, sort of conditioned to think is important, and I think that's a question that lingers over a lot of this. And one of the things I would say is that if you go back and listen, really listen to the New York Dolls records. Um, there's some good songs, but much like the, much in the same vein as Kiss, who's not, who I, you know, obviously I like the dolls more than Kiss, but is there, is the bulk of their impact visual, uh, rather than musical? Um, were they an important band because of, you know, um, what they did on stage rather than what they played on stage? Uh, you know, I think that's... Sorry, go ahead. Chris. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah, go for it, Jeremy. You know, I mean, I, uh, I think that, I mean, I think you're right, but I think it's in the eye of the beholder. I think to some people that is a, a masterpiece of an album, and you know, it's one album, and it's, uh, you know, I, I know lots of folks who, who hold that album up there with the first Ramones album or Rocket to Russia. Um, it's Richie Finestra of vinyl aside, of course. Yeah, it's personally not my favorite, and I, I feel like it, it is more of a look and more of a a kind of cultural phenom where I find Titus, you know, is a, you know, that's a team that team that plays together and, and uh, they put out, you know, albums that I go back to frequently and, and um, listen to, you know, consistently. They have strong output, unlike the dolls. I think every time I see them, they add bench strength too. I'm pretty sure, like one of their guitarists gets wet and multiplies every every between every time I see them. So, anyway. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great point. I mean, I think you know you you really you've you've touched on something important, Wyndham, in the sense that you know the unrivaled ambition of uh, of that Titus Andronicus offense. I mean, it's a hell of a playbook when you think about it. I mean, they're bringing in you know all sorts of covers to their live performances that they uh, that they wouldn't necessarily um, you know put on their albums, but their albums alone have such an Incredible, uh, uh, you know, such incredible sort of breadth, and I think um, they've what they've now put out two concept albums, um, and uh, I think that that both have uh, have been very successful. So, um, so it's definitely you know they are aiming high uh, with uh, with what they're trying to achieve, and I think they do it pretty well. Well, I'm not going to give away my vote. So, Christian, I'm going to let you vote first. You're the youngest. Uh, Titus Andronicus, the New York Dolls. Who advances? Titus Andronicus. Jeremy. I'm going to agree with Christian. Titus Andronicus. Surprising three for I'm going Titus Andronicus as well. So Titus Andronicus goes on to play the Beach Boys in the opening round.
Uh, next up, um, a little bit of a different uh, pure California kind of a matchup, but Jane's Addiction versus Jefferson Airplane. And when I say Jefferson Airplane, I mean the entirety of the Jefferson Airplane Jefferson Starship, Starship <laughs> Enterprise, so to speak. So, uh, Jared, I'll throw it to you on this one. What's um, what's your take on this matchup? Well, it, it's this is this is a little bit of a lopsided matchup to me. I mean, both teams are West Coast teams. Um, you know, both definitely have highlights. But for me, you know, Jane's Addiction is, is a band that <clears throat> that was very impactful, I think, to the music that I love. And we've we've had this conversation on the pod. And Jefferson Airplane, unfortunately, I I landed into their late period uh, Jefferson Starship, and the only song that pops into my head every time I see this name is We Built This City on Rock and Roll, which Ooh, is a huge can... technical foul as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> flagrant, flagrant one. Yeah, that's an ejection right there. Um, uh, I, I would uh, I would agree with you. I, I have a little bit more of a soft spot for Jefferson Airplane than you do. Um, and they gave us the sample for Similac Child, which is a, was a big plus. I do thank um, them for that. I think sampling is going to become is going to be part of a big part of the conversation uh, as we go through the the brackets going forward. But uh, uh, I have a weird affinity for late seventies Jefferson Starship, um, but I think I'm fairly lonely in that with uh, miracles and um, with your love and and a bunch of their really strange super cokey. Uh, late period Marty Balin stuff, but then they followed that up by getting sober and putting out "We Built the City," which is a complete unforgivable sin. Um, and I'll, with that, I'll toss it over to Christian. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you know, echoing some of the thoughts that, that you guys have had, Jefferson Airplane is really just not a second half team. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that their their opening uh, opening couple of albums, you know, Jefferson Airplane takes off in in '66 and Surrealistic Pillow, I guess, in '67. I think actually. That was same year as after bathing at Baxter's, but um, you know they they really have some some incredible classics in that um, in that era, and and uh, somebody to love and and White Rabbit were you know truly sort of uh, uh, two of the most definitive tunes for um, a really a really drug heavy uh, couple of years there, um, and sort of capturing I guess what the San Francisco sounds. So you know I think that their their early work is is significantly diminished by their later stuff. Jane's Addiction. Um, you know, and I think you could you could make the same thing in terms of uh, in terms of the way that they they you know shake out their their revival um, in the late '90s. Uh, yeah, they sort of dribble off their own foot. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so it really is. It's a it's a matchup that sort of turns into a tickle fight in the second half. Um, and uh, you know, I think that that first half is really where this game's going to be won. So uh, so I think that's going to be the the parameters in which we're going to have to make our decision. So, Jer, your vote. I think my vote's pretty clear. I think Jane's Addiction uh, takes an early lead and never lets it up. Uh, surprisingly, I'm going to go Jefferson Airplane. And I'm wise. going to go Jefferson Airplane as well, Ooh. which uh, which edges them in over Jane's Addiction. First um, upset so. of the evening. Ooh. And this, I was about to, I had a whole speech planned about recency bias, and I'm not going to have to give it all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just going to send over the mp3 for we built this city to both of you after this pod but <laughs> <laughs> as, as punishment for the uh, yeah well. we deserve that um but go back and listen to miracles it is the weirdest back of vocals you'll ever hear in your entire life <laughs>
Next up on the docket, another tough, a really tough one. Uh, the Killers, essentially the UNLV of this tournament, and Queens of the Stone Age, uh, who I guess would be, uh, by all rights, the St. Mary's or the, uh, I wouldn't call them the UCLA, but anyway, uh, the Killers versus Queens of the Stone Age. This is tough, tougher than I thought, is- because I love Queens of the Stone Age, and I think they're great. I think Josh Homme brings a lot of height and reach into the uh, – and um, technical... He certainly does. The ghost on the post. Yeah, he's, he's a tough... He'd be a tough guy to drive on. Uh, the Killers are a band I put in that sort of category of bands I hate to love um, because they are so... Um, it's it, the, the ambition's so naked and the desire to, to write, you know, arena tunes is so uh, in your face, but at the same time... Um, they do, they it do well. it really. They do it really well, and um, so you know I'm just, it goes without saying. I think we've got a a killer, you know, riff master guitar player and a killer uh, piano player uh, songsmith. So um, this is a, this is a toughie for me. I'm going to kick it over to Christian for some more an- analysis. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in this matchup, it's it's worth noting that you know both of these bands uh, are are you know really strong performers who aren't afraid of uh who aren't afraid of sort of openly playing to the mainstream they both you know the queens of the stone age want to be your middle of the road hard rock band um the killers want to be you know the big pop rock band and neither is afraid to say so um i think they both uh they both do a great job to to play into that uh play into those two sort of genres um very effectively and you know i i would add that both have put out some of the best hits of the 2000s as far as i'm concerned um i think you know when you talk about their their all-time sort of best albums and their their real highlights here um you probably got to put songs for the deaf up against hot fuss two phenomenal records um so it's this is really going to come down to the wire i think this is a this is a tough matchup to get so early in the tournament i would i would this is the play-in game and i guess i think this would you know obviously be the battle for the desert but um i would put their first two albums you know it's their first two albums really against their first two albums and that's a that's a really tough matchup jerry what do you think yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you guys. This is this is tough, and, and mainly you, you touch on all the points. You've got a, a real finesse team that is, you know, all about speed and, and, and slickness, and then you've got a real power team, and, and I love both games. So, um, you I know. Think he, yeah, you put Grohl and Lanigan in the paint with Hamid. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, and talk yeah. about a bench. I mean, the, the, the Queens of Stone Age certainly have a bench to pull from. You know, I don't know. Are we are we in the voting? Or are we what are we going to do here? I'm I'm ready to go. So well, I think I've made my decision. My vote is first on this one, and I'm going to okay. go Queens of the Stone Age. Oof. Christian, when you go All right. next? All right, I'm uh, I'm going to vote for the Killers here. It's going to be a, it's going to be yeah, you man, to tiebreak, tie uh, Jeremy. Um, wow, this is tough. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Win here and, and go with the Queens, only because I've seen them live, and uh, and they just blew me away. Nice. Hey, 
And then the last one is going to be a, a real tearjerker of a, as a sort of, uh, you know, I would almost say the Monmouth versus the uh, University of Wisconsin Green Bay. The the St. John's, but the one in Annapolis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Um, yeah, this is the McAllister versus Monmouth matchup. Um, yeah. But uh, it's the Wrens versus the Hold Steady, uh, and they play to... Wait, is, is this for the greatest American band or for the greatest American novel? I know, <laughs> truly. This is probably the two most, you know, two of the most literate uh, um, writers I, I can think of off the top of my head, and, and they're going, the winner goes against the Velvet Underground. So there's, there's, this is, there's no easy way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Um, <laughs> so, Jerry, I think you're, are you... Uh, Kicking this one off, or is this sure. one credit back? Yeah, I mean, so two bands. I mean, I think you said it correctly. When I mean, this, this is almost a, a dead even matchup, really. You've got you've got two groups that that write songs. Every album, especially the first, well, in the Wren's case, the only four, and the Hold Steady, the first four, are just really flawless in, in my mind. And, and bands that really kind of took a, an intelligence to um, so-called indie rock or, or you know, kind of alternative rock. Um, you know, I really struggle with this matchup. I mean, the only thing you can say is I, I think the Wrens are a band that slow and steady, you know, they, they like to take their time. Certainly slow. Really game plan <laughs> before putting out an album. And, uh, you know, the Hold Steady may suffer from a little bit of later, uh, you know, lapse in, 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 in quality. Christian, what do you think? I, I think that's absolutely right. This is this is going to be a question about who's playing mistake-free basketball tonight. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, both of these guys are, are really sort of calculating in in, in terms of um, you know, and, and I, th- I think very thoughtful about their their approach here. Um, but uh, and and in particular, you know, when when the stars sort of align and and when they're really playing their the top of their game, um, Separation Sunday and uh, and Meadowlands are for me both. Perfect albums. I mean, truly flawless, uh, uh, flawless records. So um, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a real challenge. Another one that comes down to the wire. I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game. Um, simply in terms of uh, in terms of output uh, and the number of albums the Rens have. Um, but you know, I, I think this is uh, it's it's an interesting matchup for sure, and, and definitely, as you said, one of the most literate. Yeah, I would say if if we were uh, if we were making bad football analogies instead of bad basketball analogies, I'd say Craig Finn would lead the field in calling audibles from the line of scrimmage. Um, but I do think, uh, yeah, the Rens versus Hold Steady. It's it's the battle for the sure, M- yeah. battle for the MFA. I'm, um, I'm sure he's got a few songs about <laughs> Omaha in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in in uh, you know to me, uh, the Rens Meadowlands is probably my favorite album of the millennium. And uh, you know I'm a I'm a hold steady fan, but I can um, I can grow weary of of getting uh, yelled at sometimes, uh, especially when it sounds like uh, literature. So um, you know, if, Jerry, are you gonna are you casting the first vote in this one? I will. I think, is, Sorry, go ahead, Christian. No, no, go for it. I just I think it's a it's a you know down to the wire free throw winner for the Rens for me. All right, because yeah. Uh, I'm going for the Wrens as well. And I'm going to say the Wrens as well. Wow, so I'm I think shocked. It's, uh, yeah. I'm shocked. I actually, that was uh, a much more decisive victory than I had expected. I thought uh, one or both of you would go hold steady, and, and I'm, I'm very happy to have you on Team Wrens. Controlled the, the, control the pace of the game the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we wish them luck going up against the Velvet Underground uh, in the next round. So um, well, They're in, and that's all that matters tonight. Yeah. So... 
We'll move on to uh, the, the uh, first round action after this. And um, thanks for, for listening tonight. And we will see you when the, when the tournament begins in a couple of days. Thanks so much. Bye.